0: This is the Honest CEO Show, hosted by the Honest CEO, Caroline Kennedy. Get ready to be informed, inspired and motivated by the Honest stories from passionate, extraordinary business people who share their ups and downs and their learnings on the journey to building success in business. Welcome, and today my guest is Tina Tower, the founder and CEO of Begin Bright. Not your ordinary Gen Y female, Tina started her first business at the age of 20 and by the time she hit 30 had built and sold two businesses, completed a degree, got married, had two children and started in the challenging world of building a national franchise network. Tina was the 2012 winner of the My Business Award for Women in Business and Begin Bright won the national overall winner for Commitment to Excellence. In 2013, Begin Bright took out the National uh, Australian Small Business Champion Awards for Educational Services and Tina was the Telstra Australian Young Businesswoman of the Year in 2014. Congratulations, Tina, on your amazing achievements to date. Thanks, Caroline. Hi, everyone. Now, wow, I can't believe you've done such a lot from such a young age, um, you know, uh, and I know that there are lots of up and downs in business. So, Of course, of course. It'll be great talking to you about that today. So tell us, what is Begin Bright all about?
1: Yeah, so Begin Bright, I started Begin Bright a long time ago now, um, had very humble beginnings. So it was it was started mainly because I was I was training to be a primary school teacher and, and thought I would do some tutoring and I would have children come in in primary school age that were really having a lot of trouble in class at school and they'd come in and their confidence was so down and they'd cry and, and do the, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I can't do it and we'd get child after child with the same. Reaction and I I had the, the bright idea to go you know because to me a, a lot of that is around our ability to learn is around attitude so I thought if we could get to them young before they formed those negative attitudes then we could fill them with that positivity so that when they started school and they got to the stage where they couldn't do a problem they had the attitude that they were good learners and that they could solve it anyway so so that's when I kind of started school readiness um, which wasn't done in Australia at all and, and then it grew from there so we're school readiness and primary tutoring. Yeah. Now,
0: and I absolutely agree with you. And I think a lot of parents don't realise that fact until they actually send their kids to school. Exactly. And it's something that I'm experiencing because my little one has just gone to school for the first time and he's six. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And we actually kept him back a year as well, just because boys, you know, tend to need that little bit longer. But what I've now realised is that Kids that perhaps went to like an early learning centre that are in the same class are a little bit more advanced.
1: And he's actually um, aware of that, which I couldn't believe. Yeah, and that's a a, a lot of the common attitude held is you know they're just children they get along with it but it does really affect their self-esteem which you know even i talk to parents of of the children that come into our centers now and they will even say you know my child's a bad speller but so am i and i could never do it in primary school so that's probably where they get it from and and think that that's sort of is, <laughs> that's where it stems you know, from <laughs> they've, they've, they've carried that around with them for the last 40 years um so you know those attitudes do stay and the the standard is a lot higher now than it used to be. So children when they started school, you know, you could spend a whole week learning the, the letter sound ah um whereas now it moves much quicker and, and the expectations on children are, are much higher. So they do need some preparation so that when they start school it doesn't kind of bombard them too much, but it's more of an easing process.
0: Yeah. Well we're just about the end of term two and I can say he's starting to settle now, but it's taking yeah. quite a while. And he's settling yeah. because he has come a long way. He can actually read now, whereas prior yeah. to going school to school he couldn't. So yeah. and it is that development. So it was it, great, you know, your um your begin bright alleviates yeah. all of that and heads that off from an early yeah, age. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now I've heard you talk about um how it's taken you 10 years to create an overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As you and I know, there is no overnight success. There is a lot no. of hard work on the journey to building a successful business. So tell us about
1: Begin Bright and, and sort of how it all began yeah, so well, I mean my my first carnation of Begin Bright really happened. I was twenty when I started my first tutoring centre, so that was primary tutoring and we had an educational toy store and a birthday party centre uh, all combined. And it wasn't until two thousand and eight that I officially started begin bright um, when I had, when I fell pregnant with my second child um, when my first son was was only six months old. So that was a little bit of a whoops Um, (laughs) and we kind of had to figure out how I was going to do that because. The way I'd set up my first business was to be solely reliant upon me, so it was a seven day a week business. Um, it had a lot of staff going through there, and and I knew I couldn't handle that same pace and be the the mother that I wanted to be as well. So yeah. that's yeah. when I started creating BeginBright as as a curriculum, and then we started licensing that to teachers around Australia. So so we did that for a couple of years, and then a couple of years later, there's a lot of. Um, kind of limitations to licensing in that a lot of people wanted the business advice to go with it, not just the program, and, and wanted the ability to use the Begin Bright brand. So, that's when I started looking at the option of franchising um, and the first franchise opened in 2011. So, yeah. just under five years ago, I started.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, it, the, that prompted you, I suppose, to start the franchise business because you yeah. knew that you could add additional value you could actually teach people how to build strong businesses.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I mean, our business is twofold being a franchise. So, so for me, my main reason for wanting to scale Begin Bright was there's only so many children that I could teach personally. I wanted them to, to get it to thousands of children all around the country. And even if we had company-owned centres, you, you can't keep that level because it's a service-based business. The relationship between a teacher and a child and their parents is quite a close one and yeah. and we have to make sure that that's top-notch quality. Um, so the more company-owned centres we had, the, the more we knew that that's level of service was going to become diluted so that's why franchising was a really good option because every one of those franchisees have personally invested their hard-earned money into starting that business and it's their business so they have that same love and care and attention to detail as what I would have. So it was a way to scale that to reach as many children as possible and then also give Women mainly, um, because we're naturally a business that that's favoured by women. Um, the opportunity to to have their own financial independence and have their lifestyle and, and be able to combine having a family with with owning and running a business as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell that you're very passionate about um, being as broad as you can and reaching as many kids as you can, and Definitely, yeah. having a positive influence. So that's great. Yeah. And, and that's generally what drives successful business as well, because you are passionate about what you do.
1: Without a doubt. Yeah. Otherwise, if you didn't have the passion, I mean, you'd give up. Long ago, long ago, you'd give up. <laughs> well, you need to have the passion to get you through those dark stages. Absolutely. And I've heard your story
0: and certainly it's one of perseverance and determination because yeah. there are many times where you could have given up when Not it completely. was hard, um, but that's your passion pushed you through. So. Can you tell me, when you decided to go into franchising, how did you go about that? Because you really um, didn't have yeah. that background, did you?
1: No, no. I had had no idea what I was doing at the start, none at all. Um, so that's where, I mean, the first franchising book I read was Franchising for Dummies, um, <laughs> which sounds, sounds really funny, but it's um I read every franchising book that there was printed in Australia and that was the best one. Um, so it, they are quite thorough, the For Dummies range, and you can get a lot of different business books in them. You can. Uh, but, mm. yeah, yeah. So I read and researched a lot. I spoke to – franchising is quite a small industry in that there's under 2,000 franchise systems in Australia. So franchisors are quite generous with their time um, and I was able to call a lot of people that had founded franchise companies and just ask if I could sit down with them and nobody said no. Um, So I went to about 30 different franchisors and sat down with them and asked them every single question that I possibly could about franchising so that I could try and define what sort of model I wanted to use because there's many many different variables in franchising that you can kind of choose. Yeah. Yeah. so i wanted to work out what was going to work best and then i spoke to a whole heap of franchisees of different systems to find out what they liked about their franchise what they didn't like about their franchise how they felt about the franchise or all of those sort of things so that i could be as educated as possible in the start and and really implement that best practice right from word go and yeah. you know our systems the way we do everything our manuals our training our support everything like that i've looked at systems that you know quadruple the size of ours and and They've got nothing
0: on Big and Bright. Yeah. Yeah, Great. Um, You know, listening to you and one of my philosophies in life is uh, if I want to achieve success in whatever field I'm looking at or or business model I'm looking at, I've always believed in emulating people that have done it. Go and ask them. Go and talk to them. Find out the insights Um, don't fumble your way through it. Actually go and chat to people who've done it before and have been successful and learn from them. And it's the quickest way to get to that end game or to to, to build that business model that you want to do, which is exactly what you did. And what I find interesting as well, Tina, is the fact that you went and talked to not just franchisors, but franchisees, because that is so important. And Having um, worked in the franchise sector, I've, I've always believed that there are two client bases. There are the franchisees, they're the clients of the franchisor, or as well as the customers yeah, and the consumer. Exactly. And that yeah. is so important to remember because at the end yeah. of the day, you know, everyone's in this together and everyone wants the best outcome for the customer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, trying to build a business while bringing up children can be very challenging. So, um, tell us about that and how you juggle everything.
1: (laughs) Good question. (laughs) Um, Well, in all honesty now, it's an absolute piece of cake. Um, My kids are eight years old and six Mm. um, and my husband's been a stay-at-home dad for the last three years. So that makes my life so much easier and enables me to do absolutely everything that I want to do business-wise. And it means that I get to do the fun stuff. So, you know, I work pretty much nine or ten hours a day. So my morning is just wake up, I get cuddles in bed, um, I get breakfast made for me and then, you know, I play a game of cards with the kids or do their home readers or their bank books or whatever it is that morning and then I go to work at about 7.30 and then I come home and I get the fun stuff again. So, you know, I get to play with them or read with them, I do their bath time, that sort of thing. I don't cook, I don't clean. Um, I don't have any of those chores to do so it makes it, makes it a hell of a lot easier um, and it, it means that when I do get to see my children every night that I get to spend that quality time rather than, than having, you know, so many women I speak to and this is my role in the early days was you'd work all day, you'd go home and then you'd start your next job kind yeah, of thing. So yeah. it makes it much easier now but for the first few years it was – Horrible, <laughs> <laughs> horrible. Really, I mean, when um, my youngest was two years old, I went. There's there's a behavioural um, uh, expert called Dr John D Martini, and he runs the a program called the ba- Breakthrough Experience. Yeah. And I actually went there, and there's all these people that have been through these massively horrible experiences. Um, people dying, rape, all these. Mm. incredibly horrific things and I felt like such an idiot because I was there and it got to my turn on why I wanted to do this four-day breakthrough experience and mine was mother guilt and I felt so incredibly pathetic but for me I'd spent three years feeling completely inadequate so I felt like I couldn't be a good mother, I couldn't be a good business owner because when I was at work, all I wanted to do was be with my children and then when I was with my children, all I was doing was thinking about work and standing there on my laptop. Um, So that was incredibly difficult for me and I had to really get over that to enable myself to just... Get over it and just work when I'm at work. Be with my children when I'm with my children, and you know, be okay with everything not being perfect and fitting in as much as I possibly could and living life my way rather than kind of the the projections that we get placed on us that what we're supposed to do.
0: And that is such good advice for people um, that are struggling with that because yeah. I think as women we tend to and a lot of women and particularly business women who are trying to balance everything really yeah. struggle with that guilt. I know I have. And yeah. and the judgments also that are placed upon you as well in regards to oh you're working yeah. long hours, what about the child? And Yeah. And
1: you know, I think a lot of that's on ourself too. Yeah. I mean there's there's a lot of you know, the attitude of it shouldn't be this hard kind of thing. But I think the moment that I realised, you know what, it's hard and it's okay that it's hard, of course it's going to be hard. I'm trying to run a growing business and I'm trying to raise these gorgeous children. That's going to be challenging. And in the meantime, you've got to, you know, remember to do the things like, nice to your husband, have enough sex, all of that sort of thing that <laughs> yeah. you you're gonna drop some balls along the way. So it's it's important to just go, yeah, it's a hard stage of life when you've got children that are there, they don't care if you have an important call coming up. If they're hungry, they're gonna scream. Yeah. I mean there was there was once that I had my kids in the room and I was just chucking in snacks while I was holding the door shut because I was on an important call going, <laughs> This is not your shining moment, Tina. <laughs> but you just got to do what you got to do to go through the best way you can and I mean I talk to my boys now very openly every night you know I'll tell them everything that went along in the business and when I have big decisions I'll say you know guys this is what's going on what do you think I should do and and they're really into it and really open to it and really knowledgeable and and I'll ask them and go you know do you you miss me when I go away are you all right with me doing this um and and they think I'm awesome yeah, so
0: and what a great role matter. model you are for them as well and how they can learn. So. about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think going back to your comment earlier about, you know, spending time with your kids when you're at home and, and focus on your work at work, that really comes back to being present in the moment, which is yeah, so definitely. challenging to do. But if you can master it, yeah, you, it you can make life a lot easier. Yeah, you've got to have the discipline to turn the phone off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. It's hard yep. to do, especially yep. when you've got you know franchisees that need your advice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not on a Sunday though. No, Sunday. no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you won the Telstra Australian Young Businesswoman of the Year in two thousand and fourteen. Congratulations! Yeah, a ago now. <laughs>
1: I, well, it's not that long ago for two years. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. year and a half.
0: Um, now, what did that award mean to you?
1: Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, so for me, I'm mean, because I have always sought out mentors throughout my business journey. So I've been following the Telstra Awards since. Uh, i was about 21 and and ringing the winners every year and talking to them and getting their advice not on the awards but just on on business life, and life yeah. in general um and you know it was it was just it was such a program that that i admired and and such a group of people that once you're in that group is it's just such a cool nerdy club to be a part of <laughs> um so for me you know I, I had no expectation of doing well in the awards it was supposed to be my um my practice run so that I could figure out how it all worked and then wow a couple of what years a later practice run nail it so it was um it was very surprising um and absolutely Fantastic experience to be recognised uh, in in that way, and and I think you know it'll go down as a as a massive highlight of my life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you weren't just that, you know, the state winner; you were the overall winner as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. H- how did that process, um, you know, because it is quite a lengthy process. Yeah, it's pretty thorough. Yeah, especially with the application. Yeah. Well, how did you find that process?
1: Um, Well, it's good. I mean, I'm quite, you know, I hear a lot of people say it's good to sit down and recognise kind of how far you've come and and what you've done. Um, But for me, I do that very frequently anyway. So every year I have what I call my book of inspiration where I reflect on the previous year, what my greatest challenges were, who are the people I have to be grateful for and need to thank and all of that sort of thing, what my best achievements were and then what's my plan for the next 12 months and what's my plan for the next five years. So I have always done that for the last ten years. Um so in in the reflective stage, that wasn't that much of a challenge for me because I am I am quite reflective and and we have such a culture at the Gimbride as well of, of celebrating our, our wins and successes, successes. that you yeah, know we do toot our own horns enough.
0: <laughs> so but I we, love that. It's so important to celebrate success. It
1: is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that part um you know, wasn't wasn't that difficult to get all of that down because I had all of that there. But for me, I mean, going into the interview process with with three judges sitting there and, and grilling you and not really giving you any feedback <laughs> on anything was so incredibly nerve wracking. Um, and and you know, of course, of course, the night when you get get called up and have to give the speech in front of this room full of business superstars that you've admired your whole life is is incredibly intimidating and exciting and. I mean, you'll 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 see. see me if you look at the YouTube clip, I I could barely keep it together. I was walking up, and you know, Andrew Datto, who presented the award, held me and went, "Are you alright?" So I, I just felt myself crying. I'm going, "Don't cry, oh my gosh! Mm. You can't stand up there and go." <laughs> <laughs> but it was um it was a very overwhelming, beautiful moment.
0: Yeah, well, you've gone through a lot to get where you are today, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's the thing in business too, you know. You've got, um, I always say, you know, sports stars, you know, they get to train and play their game and they win or they lose and they get that feedback. Whereas as a business owner, you, you're you constantly training and then as soon as you hit your goals, you raise the bar up again and you just keep getting bigger and bigger and better and better, which is fantastic because, I mean, that's the point of life really. Um, But at the same time, there's no no real finish line to go, I completed that and I won. Mm. Um, So it's nice to really have something that you can go, you know, other people have observed what I've done and and they thought that that was worthy of that, which is, which is a beautiful recognition that you did actually set out to achieve. I read an interview the other day um, and the question was, would your 18 year old self be proud of what you've done now? And I think you forget a lot of the time to go, you know, these are my dreams now, but everyone that i know is always striving for more but if we think back to 10 years ago and go if 10 years ago we could see what we're doing today how would we feel i'm so pr- i'd be so proud at 22 to see myself now at 32 that that's a nice thing to reflect upon
0: that's very true. And I've never thought about it that way. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking about myself and, yeah. and, and I got goosebumps thinking, wow, you know, we've
1: yeah, you give you, yourself a bit of a high five and go, yeah. It, mate. <laughs> yeah.
0: And there's still lots more to do, but sometimes you forget and you, st- you forget to stop and think about how far you've actually come.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is, it is challenging. I mean, There's many people that give up. I mean, we look at the small business failure rates and it's it's huge. And there's a reason that they're huge is because it is extremely challenging to build a sustainable business. There's a reason so many people fail doing it. And and the people that can hang on and be that tied to the vision and their purpose and, and get through it. You know you do you do need to give yourself a bit of a round of applause.
0: Yeah, well you've broken through something, you know, because and it's about that perseverance and determination. Yeah. yeah. Um and and keep on going when you when you get knocked down and you just get yeah. back up again and think oh, I can exactly. do this. This is what I, you know, I want this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you are the master of leveraging PR opportunities. <laughs> so can you share with us your top three tips for securing PR?
1: Sure. Um, so I think for me it was out of necessity. You know, when you have a non-existent marketing budget, you have to get very resourceful. Um, but again, like like most things in business, it's just effort. So a lot of people, you know, will say to me, how do you get PR? I just ask for it. Yeah. So whenever we do anything noteworthy, I will write a press release for it. I will email it out to journalists. I'm always on the lookout. So at awards nights, at networking things, I will talk to the journalists, I'll become friends with them. And a lot of the time, they're looking for stories. They they have a quota that they have to fill. And if you can give them something really well-written um, that's actually appealing, then then they're going to want to run it. The, the hard part for business owners is to not do it in a promotional way. So yes. you've got to think... They, they don't want to just promote you. They want a story. So you have to do things that are story worthy. Um, and then when you do that, write about it and shout it out from the absolute rooftops because the more that you get, the more you will then get. So it was only when we started getting local publications that I was able to get statewide publications and then national publications and then TV publications. But I wouldn't have got that if I hadn't have got the ones before. So it kind of feeds off each other
0: it's a perpetual cycle, really, isn't it? it yeah, it tends yeah. to grow and gain momentum. And I think the key there, Tina, is to ask. There are so many people yes. that just don't take that step. and yes, you might get some nos, but along the way you're going to get some yeses as well. So take the risk yeah, and ask, yeah, just ask the question.
1: Yeah, and it's being okay with promoting yourself as well. I mean, a lot of people, that I talk to you go, gosh, you, you really love the self-promotion and it's 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 definitely not that. I mean, I love nothing more than sitting behind my computer being left alone all day and just working. <laughs> <laughs> but the humans like humans. So, you know, the only way, especially in the early days, until you get a brand that's absolutely bigger than you as a person, um, you, you need to be the face of that business and you need to drive it and, and get it out there and be okay with, with kind of being out of your comfort zone, which means that you then open and susceptible to a hell of a lot of criticism as well when you put yourself yeah. out there. But you've got to take the good with the bad and just believe in what you do and believe in yourself and, and do the best you can.
0: Absolutely. And I think what I've noted um and many years ago for myself was, you know, I associated a lot with that that tall poppy syndrome that exists. Yeah, yeah. And and Bless I Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And that I felt like if I was talking about myself or anything that I'd achieved that there was negativity around that. Like uh, I was, you know, um, you know, I had an ego or, but it's not that it's, it's about the self-promotion is so important because Mm -hmm. it helps you leverage um, the opportunities that are out there, you know, and it also, um, it also is inspiring to people when they hear those stories as well. Can you imagine if you didn't share your story with the um, upcoming, you know, women or the next generation of women in business, mm. they've got to look to somebody to aspire to yeah. be and think, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And,
1: exactly, and, and I know how much I love reading business magazines and people's stories. So you've got to, you've got to all participate in it and help each other up too.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and a key to that too is about you know mentoring and, and throughout my career I've tried to mentor individuals just because I've wanted to contribute something back to yeah. people and, yep. and give back to people because I've had so many mentors in my life exactly, that I wouldn't yeah. be here without them you know yeah um, and without them dedicating that time too so absolutely I think it comes back to that now what were the biggest three lessons you've learned in business and I'm sure you've learned many.
1: Oh yeah, okay. our biggest three lessons: um, work hard, mm. <laughs> uh, be nice to people, and don't give up on your dream. Yeah, that's probably a, it's it's a very simplistic um, view, but that really is that probably is is the it's the key for me. I think um, being willing to to work harder and longer than anybody else is. Um, don't give up on your dream. If, if your dream was good enough to start, I mean, a lot of the people that I know that are successful got there purely because they stayed dedicated and they didn't give up when other people would have yeah. and they just hung on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that perseverance and dedication yeah. again. And you've
1: got to be nice to people. Too many people are assholes in this world. We have to be kind to one another. <laughs>
0: I know, and be respectful towards people. I just don't understand it. and Do the right thing. I talk about that all the time.
1: Yeah, which not only makes your life happier, but people naturally want to do business with people that they like. So if you can just be a genuinely kind, considerate person, you will do better.
0: Yeah.
1: Contrary to the popular belief of the autocratic asshole management nature, (laughs) I don't think it works.
0: No, it doesn't, not in the long term anyway, and it certainly doesn't have people respecting you. Yeah. Uh, and it's about that uh, community as well of helping each other and, and yeah. doing it together because one, you know, one man alone is nothing compared to, compared exactly. to a whole tribe, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and what advice do you have for anyone struggling in business?
1: Um, surround yourself with really good people to lift you up because it's, you know, it it can be very lonely when you're running a business um, and you think you're the only one having problems. So the more that you can reach out to other people that are in similar situations to you or that have been through similar situations to you, the more guidance it gives you. I mean, We've been through so many tough times through our journey and and the first thing I do, I mean, it's okay to have a little pity party for yourself every once <laughs> in a while, you know, drink some wine, have a good cry and then, but then, you know, Put on your big lady pants and, and get on with it, because nobody else is going to do that for you. If you want success for yourself, you really have to figure out how to do it and rely on yourself to get there. Uh, and take on, like you said before, take on the advice of people that have already done it before, because most of them have been helped up by other people and want nothing more to help somebody else to get up there as well. So you've really got to tap into your networks and and tell your story and let them. Do their thing and lift you back up.
0: Yeah. And the key as well is we're all the masters of our own destiny. And totally. I've said that for many, many years. You know, yeah. I'm responsible for where I am and yes, where exactly. I need to go and, and nobody yeah. else is.
1: Yeah, there's never anybody else to blame. All you can do is just learn from things that didn't go well. Um and, and get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. And finally,
0: what does the future look like for you? Oh gosh,
1: I don't know. That's, that's part of the fun of life, isn't it? Who knows what's around the corner? Um, I mean, obviously, I've I've got goals and plans. We we want to build Begin Bright to be, you know, the best school readiness and primary tutoring provider in Australia. And then once we've done that, go international. Um, so that's something that we're very focused on and and planning on. And you know, there's hopefully I've got another fifty years of business left in me. So who knows what fun will be around the corner. You've grown quite rapidly,
0: though, over the last couple of years compared to the um, franchising industry
1: standard. Yes, yeah.
0: Now, so tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so we've, um, you know, I've I've always wanted to go as hard and fast as I possibly could. Um, So, you know, the key to that has been putting the right team in place um, and we implemented a board um, to make sure that we didn't you know kill ourselves by growing too fast and not yeah. having the right infrastructure in place mm-hmm. um so we've got all of the systems and processes set up to be able to handle that and and a lot more rapid growth the the hardest part is finding such awesome individuals to be franchisees, um, and once we do find them, they absolutely smash it and, and provide an excellent service for families. But we have a very particular sort of person that makes makes a good franchisee, so it's it's not right for everybody. Um, for Begin Bright, which is the biggest challenge for us in growing as rapidly as we want to grow, um, but the biggest benefit has been been the team that we've created and the people that have that have helped us get there. And and yeah, we're about to. About to do a lot of lot of things in the remainder of the year that will lift Begin Bright up even further and faster which is exciting
0: oh it is exciting I look forward to seeing that and just before we um, wrap up for anyone listening who potentially thinks that they might like to be involved in Begin Bright yeah uh, you know who is that person and and how do they make contact
1: Yeah, so as a franchisee, I mean, you just go to our website, beginbright.com.au, you can find me very easily. So anyone wanting any franchising advice if you're looking to start your own franchise business, um, can give me a call whenever you like. You just I'm very easy to find um <laughs> because of all of the all of the pimping out of myself that I have done in previous years. Um but for us for a franchisee, I mean, you have to have an education background. Um you have to be an extremely passionate, all round awesome person because we have that that nature of of a person that we want people to gravitate to and want to be part of your local community and, and, and want to build up families and, and help them around that area. So that's what we look for.
0: Yeah. It's getting that right fit for the organization, exactly. isn't it? And that's yep. so integral yep. to the success. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well thank you so much for your time today, Tina. I no really worries. appreciate it. And and for being such an inspiration to many business owners oh, and you. many <laughs> business women out there. Thanks.